0: flyweight champion of the world.
1: This is Fast Eddie Chambers and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man Joey Coastman.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 360 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host Joey Coastman. I'm joined as ever by former heavyweight world title challenger Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie, how are you doing this week, my man? I'm doing good, my man. How about you? Always good when speaking with you, Eddie. Always good when speaking with you. Going to dive straight into the review part of the show. We're going to start here with, I guess, the big one, really, from last weekend. It was Sunday night, which was annoying for everyone in the entire world who had work the next day. Um, it was live on on um, Fox Pay-Per-View in the UK. They, I don't think they showed it. I think it might have been on Fight TV. But anyways, I had to stream it. Um Anyway, let's start with the undercard. I'm gonna run through this as quick as possible. Um Abnamare is coming back to the ring from about four years out of it. He came back with a draw, a majority draw over ten rounds against friend of the show, Miguel Flores, who's now twenty-five and four with a draw. Abnamare's now thirty-one and three with two draws. Um a bit disappointing, really. I guess from Abner Mares, he'd been out the ring for such a long time. Gets straight back in with with this guy here, Flores, who I think always was going to bring it because you know it's a massive fight for him. He'd love a scalp like Mares on his on his record. And um, to be honest, arguably he won the fight, but in the end it ended up being a draw. Um, it was close. It was close. No real complaints from either man. Both good guys. Both you know very. Um, Humble, uh, good sportsmanship type of fighters. So, yeah, no real complaint there. But gutted for Miguel Flores because he comes so close to winning the fight. I think, um, you know, if anyone deserved it, it was probably him more than Mares. But anyway, the, the 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 final cards revealed a majority draw over ten. Uh, Charles Martin with a win now twenty nine and three with a draw a KO in round four against Devin Vargas, who's now twenty two and eight. Um, I expected this to actually end within four rounds, so I bet on the fact that Charles Martin would get the stoppage by the fourth round, or you know, within four rounds. So he did in in the final round of the four, like I say. But yeah, I think that one was always going to happen. Joey Spencer as well with a fight. people were criticizing him throughout the fight. I think he won pretty much every round. I didn't see it, but apparently it was super boring. But anyway, he's 16-0. A unanimous decision there over 10 rounds against Kevin Zambrano, who's now 14-1 with a draw. He loses his 0 there. Race Aleem with a win now, 20-0. A unanimous decision over 10 rounds against Mike Plania. Um, he won absolutely every round, Alim Planier now 26-2. Just goes to show how good I think Alim. is is they are hyping him up it was for the wbo nabo super bantamweight title and moving up once again Jose Valenzuela 12 and 0 going in. He got in with Edwin De Los Santos who was 14 and 1 but had 13 KOs. I was looking at betting on this fight and then I thought to myself, "Hang on, you can never really count out a guy even though he's the underdog. You can never really count out a guy who's 14 and 0 with thir- or 14 and 1 with 13 KOs. He's obviously he's obviously a real big puncher." Anyway, Good job I didn't bet on Valenzuela, the massive favourite to win, because he was knocked out in three rounds by the big puncher. Valenzuela down once in round two, once in round three. De Los Santos down once in round two and deducted a point for hitting Valenzuela after he was down. Um, KO three there for Edwin de los santos now 15 and 1 jose valenzuela loses his o he's now 12 and 1 that one was for the wbc continental america's lightweight title in other news we saw isaac cruz move to 24 and 2 with a draw he absolutely steamrolled his opponent eduardo ramirez now 27 and 3 with three draws ramirez down twice in that second round wbc silver lightweight title on the line that still belongs to cruz and the main event and Andy Ruiz, now 35-2, a unanimous decision over 12 against Luis Ortiz, who's now 33-3. 30, uh, and three. Um, Ortiz down twice in round two, once in round seven. Um, we were talking about it last week, Eddie, and we didn't really have much of a clue. I did kind of not score the fight, but take a few notes during the fight. Um, I'm going to just run over them real quickly, but yeah, I said I thought initially it was always going to go to points, I thought that Ruiz would probably win it on points, I think was my final prediction but you made me think that yeah it could really end early, because we we just seemed to see Luis Ortiz you know, the punch resistance was gone against Charles Martin, and for moments in this fight, like I say, he was down three times, I thought, wow, he's not going to make it to the 12th and final round, but he did, and to be honest, every time he got up from being knocked down, he fought back quite well and um when it was all said and done i mean it was a wide win i felt for for ruiz we'll get to that in a minute but um it did go the way I thought. <laughs> I thought it would go. Um, yeah, first round, Ruiz, you know, I felt he was momentarily stunned by a straight left hand, I think, from altis in the dying seconds of the first round, I want to say. Round two, altis obviously down twice, like I say. The first knockdown was just so quick, I didn't even know what landed until I saw the replay. It turned out to be a right hook by Ruiz. The second knockdown was a weird one because altis kind of blocked the shot, but still went down. It wasn't a heavy-looking knockdown to me. I think he just hadn't fully recovered from the first knockdown. So a 10-7 round there for Ruiz in the second. But he didn't um, didn't really have a great round aside from them knockdowns. I mean, he finished the round with a badly marked-up eye because he got overconfident and kept walking into big shots from Ortiz, who clearly wasn't... Ready to go at that point. Um, I'm going to fast forward now to the seventh round. Obviously, when Ortiz was down for the third time in the fight, it was a right hook on the temple that put him down. I think, really, he was probably lucky it happened with about 20 seconds left in the round because he managed to kind of get out the round, really, without taking much more of a, of a big shot. Um, and then the final two rounds, round 11, Ortiz's left eye begin to real, uh, really swell up at that point. Um, he, he took a thunderous shot as well, a straight hand from fl- a huge shot right on the eye. Um, I thought he had to be miles behind on the scorecards, despite not really scoring it round by round. And then the final round, round twelve, I felt um, Ortiz finished, you know, with, with quite a big round really for him. I gave him that last round. Um, you know, I think it's the end of the road. It's surely got to be the end of the road for Ortiz. I know afterwards he said to the crowd, Do "You want me to carry on?" And everyone kind of did. But yeah, the punch resistance obviously isn't what it was. You know, on paper he's 43, but we all, we all suspect he's much older. And I don't really want to see him continuing in the sport and getting dropped more times than we can keep track of. And as for Ruiz, I still don't think he's that fantastic. But he's done enough, I think now, to get another big pay-per-view fight. They're talking about the winner of Wilder and Helanius. Um I don't really think that his style bodes well with Wilder. I think Wilder's going to, you know, knock out Hellenius and I think that uh, Ruiz is just too small I think for um, for for Wilder. I think he would just he would just take a few huge shots on the chin and he would probably get stopped. Um, yeah, that'd be a dangerous fight. One card though in particular that we have to mention was 113-112. That one was from Fernando Villarreal shocking card for me that is unbelievable considering there was a 10 7 round in round 2 and then a 10 8 round in round 7 for um for for Ruiz i haven't done the maths to work out how on earth you could have 113 112 but that sounds like you must have given almost every round to 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 um Ortiz that's unbelievable there but anyway like i say unanimous decision over 12 i thought that was going to happen but i didn't think so after um, Ortiz was down twice in the second round like I said that was very shocking and it just kind of proved once again how the punch resistance has really diminished because Ruiz I don't think really has ever been uh, a guy that would hurt you early or get you out early or anything like that but yeah he was he was um, catching uh, Ortiz with with big shots early on and um, Ortiz is really known as a slickster, hard to hit clean stuff like that Um, But yeah, it it didn't seem that way, obviously. Um, What did you make of it, Eddie? Not just the main event, but the undercard as well. If you want to say anything on those fights, if not, then just stick to the main event, my man.
1: Yeah, um, I I wanted to comment one thing. Uh, I wanted to, I missed the Martin and Devin Vargas. I actually I think
2: it was untelevised. I don't think it was televised that one.
1: Oh, okay, okay. okay. That that makes me feel a little bit better because I kind of wanted to see that one because I, you know, Devin Vargas is a former foe, amateur foe of mine. He was a I think an Olympic alternate, he ended up being, and uh, I actually <laughs> lost to him in the amateurs, I think twice, believe it or not. Um, and uh, as far as the, uh, I missed Mars, uh I wanted to see him fight as well, but I seen Pitbull Cruz, and he's he's just ferocious. It's it's gonna be difficult unless you're a, you're a master boxer who understands range and, and can deal with punching power, hitting on your arms. And there's and a real slickster It's going to take a lot to beat that guy. That guy is coming to fight everybody and he's not taking a backward step. Every shot he's throwing is for the K.O. You have to be on your P's and Q's at every moment with that dude. He's just he's 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 special in that regard, you know. So uh, he's he's a tough one to deal with as far as the main event. It kind of went expe- as ex- as I expected it to go as far as with the knockdowns and the fight looking like it could be stopped at any moment because of the way Ruiz was controlling. I, and, and what most people would be a su- kind of surprised about is, I don't even know if that they would be, but is who was knocking the other one down all the time. I mean, you would have thought that Ruiz might have caught, I mean, that, uh, that Ortiz might have caught Andy Ruiz and hurt him a few times. Kind of if you watch the areola fight and seeing uh, Ruiz get hurt a, a good number of times, you would think, well, damn, Ortiz is a killer. He's a puncher. He's a heavy puncher. He should be able to do the same. It just didn't happen. And it was Ortiz constantly going down, which we already had discussed about his punch resistance and whether or not he still, he still should be even in there fighting and how much he goes down. Um, you know, it, It's happened only really with Wilder and then Martin, but Still yet, that's kind of you know, that's been a pattern recently. And then you see in this fight with Ortiz, I mean with Ruiz, and each time he gets hit with a good shot, his knees are weak and he's hitting the floor. So when I'm looking um at the way the fight was going, when I looked at when I first when I thought about the scorecard, the store the scorecard, at first I'm like, damn, how how is it that close? But then when you go back and look at the fight and outside of the knockdowns in those rounds, I mean, there were rounds that I felt Ruiz, you know, probably you know, maybe won here and there. But he wasn't really doing much, if you really watch it. Like, if, if you really think about outside of that, outside of those knockdowns and how how the punches were affecting um, uh, Ortiz, he wasn't, he, there were, there were like, especially like the round right after the knockdown, I think the, fir- the first one. He almost didn't really do, throw much. If anything, I don't think that round. And it was just like, damn, what is he doing? And there was times in the middle of the, in the middle of the fight, like certain of those middle rounds, where I felt like he was going to stop Ortiz, but he just didn't come out and do anything. And Ortiz would be jabbing him, hitting him with clean jabs, poking at him here and throwing, you know, one-twos to the body and things like that. And I'm like, what the hell is uh, Ruiz doing? He got it on the table. He could just take it and, Every time he hits him clean, he hurts him. It's like you gotta take more chances. But then again, we don't know what Ruiz was thinking and how those punches were affecting him. It didn't seem that they were hurting him, but shit, they might have. And and any fighter knows if 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 you feel in those shots, even if it's not visible, you know, you think it might just be that next one, that next one. So sometimes you gotta be a lot more careful. And if you look at the last round, he was taking a lot of you know, a pretty good amount of shots from Ortiz, but it just didn't seem to really sting him. You know what I mean? So I'm um, not sting him enough to worry like he was going to go down. So it kind of surprised me that more than anything. And uh, but I, I still thought, you know, at the end of the fight that uh, Ruiz got it by a pretty decent amount. I figured that some of those rounds they were just going to give it to Ruiz just because, you know, neither one of them were doing that much, even if Ortiz threw a few more, you know, it, I don't know. It just kind of threw me for a loop, the whole thing, and then the fight being that close. But I can see in some ways how the fight was a little closer than we might have thought because of the lack of activity of Ruiz, you know, besides, outside of those knockdown rounds. And I think that is where some of the rounds got a little confused, where, you know, maybe they gave Ruth Ortiz a round maybe he didn't deserve. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Um, you know, that's, you know, you, you know the eye. You know, the eye test for for for, for them, I can't – I didn't really – you know, do it around by, you know, do it round by round, but judge it round by round, so I don't know. But the fight was interesting. I think it was, um, I don't want to say it's anticlimactic, but it was, there was there was good moments in it, you know what I mean? It was an interesting, uh, fun fight in some ways, but there was a lot of, you know, a lot of hell punches, I think. I think there could have been more, especially on Ruiz's side, and I think he kind of left it on the table there, uh, uh, and, and he almost got bit, almost bit him in the ass, you know, with the decision.
2: Yeah, and while you were just you know going through your thoughts on the fight, I did manage to total it up. Um, if you give Ruiz round 2 a 10-7 for the two knockdowns and then round 7 a 10-8, um, that would mean that obviously that's two rounds where there's been knockdowns. So if we pretend those were rounds 1 and 2, it leaves 10 other rounds of a 12-rounder. You would have had to give um, all teas. Seven of those rounds and three rounds to uh, Andy Ruiz to get the 113, 112 Andy Ruiz um, scorecard. So that is obviously what Fernando Villarreal. Um, that's how he scored the fight: seven rounds to three. Aside from the two knockdown rounds in favor there of, of course, Ortiz. Interesting, interesting. I couldn't see that, even though obviously as you touched on Eddie the the. Uh, the work rate seemed to drop at times for Ru- uh, for Ruiz, um, who I think is a, a brilliant catfish as well. You see pictures of him building up to the fight, and he looks like he's about, I don't know, ab- about 175 pounds. He looks like he's going to make light heavyweight, and then all of a sudden he turns up, and he's exactly the same weight he was for the Joshua 2 rematch. It does make me laugh. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on now to... The Farmers Market in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, USA, um, Carson Jones with a win now 42-15 and 15 with 3 draws, he won every round against Demetrius Walker who's now 8-38 and 38 with 2 draws unanimous decision there over just 6 rounds a win for Carson Jones who has to be about 63 years of age these days, all the best to him uh, moving out now to the Huntington Centre in Toledo, Ohio, we're going to be speaking to this young man in a few moments, Albert Bell still undefeated, 22-0 a unanimous decision over 10 rounds against Nicholas Polanco, who's now 20-3 with a draw. That one was for the vacant WBO-NABO Super Featherweight title. Brilliant stuff for Albert Bell. We'll be speaking to him in about 5 or 6 minutes, something like that, I guess, from now. Um, the final card to mention, uh, there's two actually. Uh, we're going to start here at the Centro de Usos Multiples in Hermosillo, Sonora, Mexico. Over here, live on the zone, um, Hector Flores Calixto, 20-0 with four draws. It was for the vacant IBF light flyweight world title. He got in with Sivanafi Nonchinga, who was 10-0. Um, I'm going to hold my hands up and say I completely missed this entire card. And I know that if you're a diehard boxing fan and you did watch it, you're going to be mad as hell at me. Because I heard that the main event was a real classic. But anyway, Flores Calixto down in round two. He lost in the end a majority, uh, sorry, a split decision over 12. So the new champion, the new IBF world light flyweight champion of the world, Sivanafi Nonshinga, now... Um, 11-0, and and off the back of that, he's been signed to matchroom boxing with Eddie Hearn. Going to be fighting on the zone going forward. And the main event, Juan Francisco Estrada, like I say, didn't see the fight, but I heard it was a real classic. Now 43-3, a unanimous decision over 12 rounds against RG Cortez, who's now 23-3 with two draws. Cortez down in round seven so good to see Estrada back in the ring even though I didn't see it, I apologise moving out now to the card that happened in Britain at the Echo Arena, Liverpool Merseyside, United Kingdom, this one was live on Sky Sports Fraser Clark with a win, now 3-0 and a TKO in the first round against Pencho Tvetskov, who was actually undefeated, 7-0 he only had about 3 days notice, he's now 7-1, and knocked out in the first round, down twice it was very embarrassing, um so much uh, criticism as well going to Fraser Clark. It's not really his fault, but yeah, there was a lot of blame shifting from the promoter and the manager and all the rest of it. It looked like um, Adam Azim with a big win, six and zero now, a knockout in the first round against Michael Cabral, who's now five and five. Cabral down. Uh, from a body shot prior to the stoppage we had Diego Costa who was set to take on John Doherty and John Doherty pulled out In stepped an undefeated fighter by the name of Musa Moyo who was 4-0 he's now 5-0 he actually upset the odds and was able to win on points over 6 against Diego Costa who loses his 0 he's now 8-1 um I had a small little bet on Musa Moyo, so I uh, was quite happy about that one. Moving up the card once again, Dan Aziz, now 17-0. Unanimous decision over 12 rounds against Shakam Pitters, who's now 17-2. and This one was for the British light heavyweight title, so a successful defense there for Dan Aziz. I think that's probably his first one. Um, it was a competitive fight. I mean, Aziz... I think is steadily improving fight by fight. I feel like he does need to be in some bigger domestic fights, even though it does sound a bit harsh, like I say. Um, he, he's been having good domestic fights, but there's so much depth um, domestically. It's unbelievable at Light Heavy. After the fight, he called out Lyndon Arthur. That's a great fight. I want to see more of those kind of names in with Dan Aziz. As for Pitters, it's a difficult spot he finds himself in, but again, there are, there are other domestic opponents that he could fight. You know, as I said, there's so much depth domestically, such as someone like Jose Burton or Willie Hutchinson or Rocky Fielding, those kind of guys I think he has a decent chance with. Um it's not time to write him off i don't think and natasha jonas she got in with the undefeated patricia Bergholt, who's now 15 and 1 she loses her own natasha jonas though uh, she's now 12 and 2 with a draw and she takes the wbc super welterweight title uh, super weight world title away from Bergholt. so she's now a unified um, super welterweight world champion she won pretty much every round against Bergholt. um So, yeah, Natasha Jonas now has two of the belts. Unbelievable, the WBO and WBC. Um, Yeah, I mean, she seems to always deliver. She's probably one of the most entertaining female fighters out there. And I kind of wish that she was actually going to be fighting this weekend on the Shields card. Because... Yeah, she's value for money, and she gives it her all every time. She put in one of her best performances here against an undefeated fighter who, like I say, was a WBC world champion, and she made it look easy. Credit to her, you know? She moved up three weights to be at this weight in, in, in the beginning, and it seems like she's looking better than ever, even though she seems to be wildly out of her comfort zone in terms of the weight. But, yeah. I love what I'm seeing, and like I say, she's constantly seeming to improve, even though she's up there in age. Um, you know, she she's doing fantastically, man. Honestly, I really enjoy watching her fights. I really do, and let's hope that we see a big domestic fight for her soon as well. I mean, maybe the winner of Hannah Rankin and Terry Harper. I think that makes logical sense, and there shouldn't be any um, any you know politics getting in the way of that one. And then the main event, um, yeah, Liam Smith now thirty-two and three with a draw. He was able to TKO in four rounds Hassan Mwakinyo, the real flash in the pan. Now twenty and three, Mwakinyo down twice in the fourth round prior to the stoppage. Um, he boxed well, Mwakinyo, To be totally honest with you, but yeah, at one point in the fight, I think it was, uh, I think it was the third round, he fell back on his ankle, and he goes down, and it probably shouldn't have been called a knockdown. Because I don't think anything really landed. He went down on his ankle. Then obviously in that fourth and final round, he randomly takes a knee after not even really taking any big punches. He blames the canvas for the slip. He gets a count. Um, Then he goes down again in exactly the same fashion. He hadn't even taken any shots. And Victor Lachlan just stopped it straight away. I thought it was a really bad stoppage, but there was so much confusion. It was one of the strangest endings to a fight I've seen for a long, long time. And while Mwakingo was down both times, I will say, in that final round, Smith was trying to hit him with massive uppercuts, you know, massive shots while he was down. Lucky for him, none landed. I felt that was extremely idiotic. But yeah, I guess looking back at it now, you'd have to say Mwakingo was maybe looking for a way out. But it made no sense at all because I felt he was boxing quite well through those four rounds. Just bizarre but it is boxing and boxing is so bizarre and sometimes we try to explain things that are just unexplainable and that for me was kind of unexplainable i still don't quite know what happened and i don't even think liam smith does either but anyway that wraps up the review part of the show the final thing for me to do before we wrap up this part is to welcome this week's special guest ladies and gentlemen please welcome the undefeated super featherweight contender it is of course Mr. Albert Bell. Albert, welcome to the show, my man. Uh, thanks for having me. Hey, it's my pleasure having you on, Albert. So it's the first time you've been on this show, so welcome once again. Uh, you've been a guy that I've had my eye on for a number of years now. Obviously, you turned pro back in 2013. You're 22-0. and 0. Really, you should be 23-0, and 0, though. Uh, just tell me briefly about that weird no contest back in 2017, man.
0: Um... Yeah, you know, it was a big card, so they had uh, they had cut the rounds when the fight was scheduled for a six-rounder, and they cut it to a four. Uh, I won all the, every round, um, won the fight, and then like three, four months later after the fight, they changed it to a no contest. I have no idea why they said it was contract violation or something like that, but I'm not sure what happened with that.
2: Yeah, seems a bit weird. Obviously, I think uh, the contract didn't say four rounds. It ended up being four rounds, but just seems so strange. Um, Yeah, I said to you before, Albert, that I feel that you're massively underappreciated by the majority of boxing fans. I don't feel like you you get enough hype. Do you feel that way as well?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? But that's just because they haven't seen me in there with the... You know, the bigger names, it's a reason why, because them guys won't fight me, you know. But um, and just in time, I get my just due. I just, just got to keep winning and doing what I'm doing.
2: No, for sure, and the reason I say this mainly is because I remember seeing you beat Andy Vences live on ESPN at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. You took his O. Um, it was obviously on a massive undercard. Fury Schwartz, and after that, of course, Vences goes on and you know lands a big money fight on Triller against John O'Carroll. It was a great fight. You know, no mm-hmm. no disrespect to him. And then, of course, after that, the same kind of time, your contract broke down with with Top Rank. Um, it just didn't seem to make sense. You won the fight, but seemed to kind of go downwards a little bit, and he lost the fight, but managed to be on this big platform in a big fight. Um, yeah, tell me what, what what happened with that situation. Did you feel like you kind of won a fight and then went backwards a little bit?
0: Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's like um, boxing is all politics, man. For you know, but uh, it was like that fight it was like the best and worst thing to happen for me because um, after that, wouldn't nobody take a chance and really get in there with me. I'm, um, big risk, little reward type of thing, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm pretty much what happened with that.
2: And obviously you're six foot tall, you're world ranked, super featherweight as well you're huge for the weight you're fighting out of toledo a place where a lot of good boxers come from obviously the likes of jared anderson making a lot of noise the likes of robert easter jr both guys have been on this podcast in the past um why do you think your profile isn't up there with theirs i know that obviously you you said they the fights haven't been made obviously but um you know you've got more wins than these guys you've been on the big platform on the big undercards is that the only reason you think mm-hmm. cuz you haven't been in these big fights
0: yeah that'd be the only reason uh, absolutely you know um yeah that'd be the only reason that because you know I me mean, I, i'm very avoided um because of like you said my size and then the way the way i box my style you know so it, i'm a very avoided guy so um a lot of times, it's how you get known. It's fighting the fighters that they know already or that got the media behind them. And once you beat those guys, you know, people become fans of yours. So um, once I get those opportunities, a lot more people I know about me and uh, the be uh, out the back.
2: Yeah, because I was thinking to myself earlier, if you were from the UK, if you were British and you were 22-0, and 0, this big, super featherweight guy, undefeated you'd be a star straight away. That's all we need to know. 22-0 and 0 hasn't lost, star. That's it, you know? So it's a, it's a shame in for some sure. ways because I speak to a lot of guys in the US who are in similar positions and I think, why are you not bigger than what you are? But let's leave that there. We'll come back to it. One thing that some people have criticized you for in the past is the apparent lack of punching power. Do you feel that you're not a big puncher, Albert? or Or does the record deceive us?
0: Uh, the rest records, you see, I could punch, you know, um, it's just a lot of times I, I have a hand injuries, you know, so once I do land a good shot or uh, something like that, I don't be able to really follow up and get the knockout. So I don't have a lot of knockouts, but I could beat anybody. They put me in there with, you know, um, so criticism comes from that, but we, you know, I'm about to get my hands all the way together. I'm going to go to a hand doctor and get them all the way a hundred percent before my next fight. And then I start looking for getting these stoppages and get these guys out of there.
2: Oh, excellent, man. And I wanted to ask you, Albert, who have you sparred with over the years? I'm guessing you must have sparred with some pretty big names. Um, who comes to mind off the top of your head?
0: Um, I just, for this cap, I had sparred with Devin Haney. Um, I'm just in Australia uh, as the main spar partner for George Kambosis. uh getting ready for the Devin Haney fight. Um last in the year, last year I was uh, Loma, uh, Lomachenko's head sparring partner. Um I have sparred TFIM Lopez, I have sparred Adrian Baller, Robert Easter Jr., Rashi Warren, uh Francis Berthelemy, uh let's see. I sparred I sparred a little bit of everybody, to be honest.
2: <laughs> that's incredible, man. That's a that's a crazy list. Um I wanna ask yeah. you now, now that's brought me on to this question here. Obviously you sparred both Cambosos and Haney. We saw the first fight go um very one sided for Haney. Do you see the second fight more of the same?
0: Um yeah, I yeah, I, I believe I believe that Devon uh, Devin gets uh one, 3 match. Um you know, they gotta just I don't know, he's just he's the yeah, feel like he's just a better boxer. Um at this time of his life, you know, he's um, he's just clicking on all cylinders.
2: Yeah, no, I understand that. And my last question on 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 sparring because I really do want to stay on you as the main topic. That's what you're here for. But tell me what the sparring was like with Lomachenko.
0: Uh great work. You know, it's um, probably the funniest person I have. Like, I mean, probably the best time I had sparring because it was just fun. You know, we just the mental challenge and. Um, taking myself up to the next level and, be, you know what I mean, uh, p with a guy like that day in and day out. So um, definitely uh, uh, definitely great experience sparring uh, Lomachenko. Great fight. Find-
2: Excellent, man. And, of course, when you turned pro, you weren't immediately with the big promoters, such as, like, a Golden Boy, a PBC, top rank. These are the kind of promoters that it's almost like you have to sign with to, to get to the top, almost. Um, as you said, boxing yeah, is so but, uh, political. Go on.
0: Yeah, but when I did uh, turn pro, that's when Mike Tyson started his promotional company. So it was kind of big when it, when it first... Um, Opened up, but they didn't stay open. They ended up um, selling the company, but that's why I signed to coming out to amateurs. I was signed to Mike Tyson.
2: Okay, okay, cool, cool. I know that his um, obviously the TV contract, as you said, it didn't, it didn't, uh, it wasn't a long term thing. You did wind up eventually mm-hmm. with Top Rank in twenty eighteen. I think you had seven fights mm-hmm. with them. What happened for that to break down? Um, I asked for a release um, because, like I said.
0: I, I would, They Was just giving me stay-busy fights instead of the fights that I really like needed or to propel myself forward to world championship. So um, I thought it was just best uh, for a career move at that time to step away and uh, regroup and do some things on my own oh. independently. And that's what I did.
2: Yeah, no, credit to you. Credit to you because I, I have to agree. I mean, I said it. You, know, you beat Andy Ventez. Where's the step-up, you know? You, you obviously wanted the step-up. So, no, that's credit to you. That's a brave thing to do. Um, you boxed on the weekend just gone. The fight took place in Toledo. You beat Nicholas Polanco by unanimous decision over 10 rounds. You beat him wider than anyone else ever has. Tell me about that fight for those that didn't get to watch it live, Albert. Um, it
0: was a good fight. He's a tough competitor, you know, um... I really only had him losing one fight coming into the fight um, against Javier Fortuna because um, his last fight could have won either way. He dropped the guy uh, a couple of times. They gave the guy a nod. So I don't really credit that against him. So yeah, I gave him like 21 and 1 coming in. So um, the fight came out. You know, he was coming. He was very aggressive. You know what I mean? I was just picking my shot, counter punching, blasting a little big shot. Until I heard my uh, right hand in the fourth round, and I just beat him up with the, with all his hands from the fourth round through the tenth and won every round
2: while being dressed in Gucci shorts as well.
0: Yes, yes, gotta gotta be fly, <laughs> gotta do it in fashion.
2: <laughs> and you've said it in the past and you've said it during this interview Albert you're you're one of the most avoided fighters in the division, I can see why, as soon as people realise that you beat good fighters in the amateurs you beat good fighters in the pros, you've sparred all these top guys, you're undefeated you're 6 foot tall, they're just going to hang up the phone, it's a scary thing to learn all of this, but in reality you are world ranked, you're 6th with the WBO, you're 12th with the WBC the champion of both those organisations is the same man, Shakur's Stevenson. Is that the fight you want above all other fights? Uh,
0: Anyone, any any of the guys with the world title, you know what I mean? It's not just hell, but any of the guys that have the world title, I'm giving um, the fights that I want, you know. Um, however it works out, um, or any section of body, but it, it really doesn't matter. Any world champion, um, that's what I'm after. That's my lifelong dream, become world champion. So it really doesn't matter who, it's just uh, what they have.
2: Okay, yeah, because we've got a recent um, British, obviously, world champion, Joe Caldino. I don't know if you've seen much of him. What I was going to say to yeah, you, a, go on. He has a good fight coming up. Yes, yes. It's a tough one because he's fighting the guy that yeah. drew, let's say, with... Uh, with with judges, uh, Diaz. Exactly. And I think that one could have been a loss for Diaz, to be honest, if we had different judges. But, um... Yeah, do you have any rivals out there, Albert? Is there anyone that's on your radar that you'd like to fight aside from the champions at all?
0: Um, No, I don't got no rivals. It's all just business to me. I don't take it personal. You know, um, some fighters probably don't like me. I probably don't like none of them. But it's just, uh, I don't really got no rivals, nah. You're a nice guy. I'm pretty, pretty, yeah, I'm pretty just chill. I, I mind my business and just handle my business and, you know, and stick to doing me. I don't really get into all that. Twitter beef and stuff like that—that's not my
2: thing. No, I respect that, man. And finally, my my last uh, my last real question for you—I've purposely giving you no warning about it. I'm really putting you on the spot. I like to ask this question to everyone that we speak to from overseas. Favorite right. UK fighter, any era? Who springs to mind? If you have one, if you don't, it's okay.
0: UK. Uh... It's, uh, where's Lennox Lewis from?
2: UK, baby.
0: Okay, I love Lennox.
2: Um, Tyson Fury's is not from the UK, is he? Tyson Fury is from the UK, yeah.
0: Tyson Fury is a great fighter.
2: Um, I would say those two.
0: You know, they—they, I, I like both of those guys, but I, I'd be Lennox Lewis.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Two. Two heavyweights there, fantastic fighters. Um, and just finally, before we let you go, Albert, I'd like to just kind of throw the microphone over to you just to sign out with any closing message that you may have to the listeners. You can say absolutely anything you want before we wrap it up. And also, don't forget to please plug your social media so, so people can follow you as well.
0: Okay, um, yeah, i will going go sign it off. From Toledo, Ohio, USA, you know, um, just keep following and supporting me. And um, great things are coming. You know, what's delayed is not denied. So um, keep stepping up and keep just getting these wins and become a world champion real soon. So follow the journey. And then y'all can follow the journey at my my Instagram, at Albert Prince Bell, on Facebook at Albert Prince Bell, and Twitter at Albert Bell 419. Keep fighting. I'm supporting. And I'll fight for y'all.
2: Absolutely. Perfect words, my friend. Listen, Albert, it's been a blast having you on. Thank you for your time. Congrats again on your win. Stay in touch, and I hope we can do this again sometime soon. Thank
0: you. I appreciate it. We most definitely will.
2: Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, usually the news part of the show. Nothing to mention, though, as of yet. So if anything develops from now to the end of the show, I will talk about it on the outro. We're going to move straight to the preview part. There's only one card to mention this weekend. It goes down at the O2 Arena in Greenwich, London, United Kingdom. It's going to be live on Sky Sports. It's going to be... I believe, on ESPN Plus in the States. Um, because there's only one fight card to mention all week, and it's the all-female card, of course, I'm going to mention every lady on the card. Um, starting from the bottom, Sarah Liegman, 4-0, in a 6-2-minute round contest against Beck Connolly, who's 3-15. I've aired my opinion on Beck Connolly before. I really like her as a person. She seems really cool. However, she, I think, needs to you know, be looked after and have her license revoked because she gets hit clean every single fight. Like she's tough. She doesn't often get stopped, but it's just her toughness that I guess gets her through some of these fights because she, she's, she, her defense is, is terrible. It's non-existent and she just takes punches flush in the face. You know, she's got children, um, I don't really like what's going on there, but hopefully she doesn't get knocked out again here. Um, April Hunter, 5-1, six two-minute rounds against Erica Alvarez, who's 3-6. We've got friend of the show, Shannon Ryan, 2-0, and o, getting in um, with Bushra El-Kwasi. We interviewed Shannon a few weeks ago about this fight. Her opponent is 3-2 with three draws. That's over six two-minute rounds there. Um, Karis Caris still 1 and 0 6 two minute rounds against Marina Shakharov who's 5 and 16 were two draws and the partner of Karis Artingstall, Lauren Price, 1-0 as well. Six two-minute rounds against Timia Belic, who's 6-6. Six and six. We've got Ginny Fooch, who's 1-0. Um, I think she's from the US. She gets in with Gemma Ruge, who's 5-4. and four. That's over six two-minute rounds. There's a lot of six two-minute round contests on this card. Um, elsewhere on the card as well... Caroline Dubois six two minute rounds three and zero she gets in with Milena Koleva who's ten and fourteen with a draw and then of course the two world title fights on the card Um, let's start with I guess the co main event it's for the it's for every belt actually oh no it's not for every belt it's for almost every belt. It's the IBF, the WBC, the WBO. No WBA, but the IBO is on the line as well. So, IBF, WBC, WBO, and IBO. World Super Featherweight titles. Michaela Mayer, 17-0. Getting in with Alicia Baumgardner, 12-1. Excellent fight. And I'm really happy that we're seeing it. Because there was a lot of talk. And I thought that it might not happen. But it obviously did get made. And I was extremely happy when it got made. Um, and I'm over the moon that it's happening in the UK as well. So that's just a, a, a bonus I didn't expect to happen because, of course, both ladies are from the States. It's over 10 two-minute rounds, of course, for a world title. Um, As we know, Michaela Mayer, the pure boxer, uh, the pure boxer with the pedigree, as an amateur, obviously. And as a pro, she's shown the toughness. i never forget her fight last year with Maeva Hamadouche. One of the best fights I've seen in years. Probably the best female fight I've ever seen. And obviously, Elisa Baumgartner, who seemed to, you know, uh, explode on the scene when she got the chance to fight Terry Harper back in November of last year when she was able to stop her in four rounds. That was an excellent win there. But anyways, it's a fantastic fight. I don't know if you've seen much of either Lady Eddie. But um, my heart, I think, and head are both in the same place. And Michaela Mayer points is my prediction for it.
1: Yeah, I've, I've seen, I haven't seen. I have seen much of Michaela Mayer, honestly. Recently, I've been looking at Alicia Baumgartner a little bit. because She's uh, interesting. I've seen a couple fights with her. I can't remember which one I watched. I was watching some last night, actually. I can't remember the girl she fought. But she showed a lot of little, 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 little uh, slickness in there. You know what I mean? Decent puncher, I think. Uh, from from what i saw and some nice slick shots you had in there but i gotta go with what you're saying i mean I haven't seen michaela Mayer Maybe i, even, I, sh- I was actually going to watch some of the, some of her just to do some film so i could have something to say about it just you know so I can know a little bit more about the fight I'm gonna be watching on saturday but um i, I didn't get a chance to. I had to you know had to get some rest um but uh yeah uh it seems to be interesting i like what I see with Alicia Baumgartner, I'm hoping uh, that the fight, Well, I don't want to say I'm hoping. I, I feel like the fight will be good. I'm just listening to what you're saying about Michaela Mayer. I love the pure boxers. I want to see. I want to see what she's able to do in a fight like this with a girl of this caliber and uh, with all these belts on the line in and, and, and a, and a high high pressure situation on a on a big car, one of the biggest cars I think you know you can you could ask for as, as, as a woman. So yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be very interesting, and I'm
2: looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, look, we saw what Baumgardner did to Terry Harper. It was a brutal knockout. I mean, she was still on her feet, by the way, but she hit her with a shot, and she was basically asleep standing up, and the referee jumped in. It was one of the best stoppages you ever will see in boxing. Um, But that was a fantastic punch. There's talk about Terry Harper maybe being weight-drained. She's moved up, I think, a couple of... At least uh, of weight classes since then. You know, realistically, Baumgartner has her record of 12 and 1. She lost a split over eight to Christina Linadatu, who I remember, I think, losing to, I want to say Katie Taylor or something like that. Because um, the name does ring a bell, and I'm not sure where from. I'm going to say it was probably Katie Taylor. Every girl that I've kind of half heard of has lost to Katie Taylor. Yeah, I'm right. She has lost to Katie Taylor. So that's where. I know her from, but she did lose by split, so I'm not sure. I mean, maybe she deserved it. I've got no idea. But she's got seven KOs from 12 wins. I don't think that screams as an absolutely huge puncher. Um, But I guess it's decent for for female boxing, of course, at these weights. Um, I've seen the pair stood up together, and Baumgartner's listed at 5'6". Michaela Mayer's listed at 5'9" for me there wasn't 3 inches height difference in it i'd say maybe an inch to 2 inches max but you know sometimes the it, it can all be down to footwear and all kinds of things but yeah i, I just i just i just back mayer i mean she's the favorite um she's quite a big favorite to be honest um Baumgartner shouldn't really be able to hang with Mayer in terms of boxing skills. Like I say, Mayer is well scored. Um, she's been through the amateur ranks. She's you know, she's she's very very well scored. And Baumgartner did just kind of appear on the scene out of nowhere. Um so yeah, I say Mayor points. I think I think it will get rough and ready at times though. I think it really will. I think it's gonna be a really exciting fight, the whole entire fight. And it's gonna be fast paced and stuff, but I think Mayers too good, too well scored, and she's got the pedigree. I think uh, Baumgardner will probably have moments, but yeah, I'm I'm firmly with uh, Michaela Mayer. However, I think Baumgardner's about a five to one underdog or something for a knockout at least. So I think that's quite tempting odds there if you did fancy it. And moving up to the main event, um, yeah, a, a brilliant fight. I mean. Clarissa Shields, 12-0, defending her IBF, WBA, and WBC middleweight world titles against Savannah Marshall, who defends her WBO middleweight world title. Both ladies, 12-0. and Both have perfect records. It's over 10 rounds. The winner of this becomes the undisputed middleweight world champion. Um, yeah, brilliant fight once again. Absolutely brilliant fight. Again, it was another fight that I wasn't entirely sure we'd see. And eventually it did get made. Obviously, um, Clarissa has made a point of saying that Savannah Marshall uh, has kind of made a career out of saying, hey, I'm the only girl ever, amateur or pro, to have beaten Clarissa Shields. We know about that. It happened 10 years ago in the amateurs, but it was only over three rounds. It was also disputed as well. Um, Some people felt that Clarissa might have deserved the nod. Um... But Savannah Marshall, I mean, this is the pro game, of course. She's t- uh, she's twelve and 0 with ten KOs. The the power is certainly with with uh, Savannah, and that is coming from not just what I've seen with my eyes, but also I've heard behind the scenes that she's a real big banger, like a real it's, it's legit. The power's legit. As for Clarissa, obviously two KOs from twelve wins doesn't scream a big puncher but but clarissa's very confident that if they were to trade that that she would sleep in her words savannah marshall i'm not so sure on that one um but yeah for me i saw the ladies together and savannah just i mean she's massive savannah she's 5 and a half by the way and clarissa's 5 8 so you can see the size difference is massively with marshall i mean we've got to remember as well clarissa was making about what was she making 154 you know that's a weight that I don't think Savannah could ever make. Um, I don't know if she struggles to make middle as it is, but she's she's a big, big girl for middle. Um, I can't see Savannah Marshall losing this fight, and I say that for two reasons. One, I can see a stoppage. I can I don't know if that's going to happen, but I can see a stoppage. Remember, Clarissa's been down once, I think, as a pro, and she was down to a lady who didn't hit nowhere near as hard as Savannah. That's a that's an absolute fact. So I can see a stoppage. The only thing is, it is two-minute rounds, remember. Um, and yeah, the power is real with Savannah Marshall. Like I say, she's stopped, I think, two ladies that Clarissa went the distance with. She stopped them brutally and early. Um... I think there's at least two actually that they've shared in common opponents and Savannah's knocked out both. Um, but I think being the boxer that Clarissa is, she's obviously a talented boxer. But I just think coming over to the UK, her style, I don't think he's going to get rewarded by the British judges. And that is not fair, I I, 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 I don't want to see her get robbed or anything like that, but I'm just saying her style, I think she's going to be on the back foot, I think Savannah's too big, too strong, got a great jab, got a powerful backhand, I think she's going to be putting the pressure on Clarissa, I think she's going to be the aggressor, so therefore I think Clarissa's going to be boxing off the back foot, which she can do, to a good ability, but... I don't think she's going to get credit for it from the judges. And I think it's going to be a fight where Savannah's going to be coming forward. And on the eye, it's going to look like she's dominating it. Whether she is or not is up for debate. We're going to see. But I can see a stoppage. And I can also see a points win for Savannah Marshall. I don't think... I mean, there's no way in the world Clarissa's going to knock Savannah out. Not a chance of it. And I think for Clarissa to win on points, she's going to probably need to win she's not going to, she's not going to be able to let a glove be landed on her. Basically. I don't think she can win the fight on points. I just don't. I mean, I could be wrong, but I I just don't. And I'm going to be betting on that. I think this weekend, um, Eddie, what do you think? I know that obviously, uh, you know, Clarissa. Well, we've both been to a Clarissa Shields, uh, fight Mm -hmm. in the opposite corner (laughs) with, uh, with, with our friend from Croatia. But, um, yeah, I mean Savannah Marshall. I don't know if you've seen much of her. Obviously, she's trained by Peter Fury, your old trainer, your old uh, housemate. Um, My man, yeah. yeah, your main man. So, so tell me what you think. I don't know, like I said, if you've seen anything of Marshall, but I'm telling you now, this is going to be a brilliant fight.
1: No, I, look, I know, I know Peter. You know what I mean. I know what kind of guy he is. I know his his thought process or training. You know what I mean, and. I believe what you're saying about her. I haven't seen a whole lot. I haven't seen almost really much of anything. I've seen a few highlights. She looks like a banger. She's a big girl, a big, strong girl. And I know with how Peter trains. Let me tell you, I've never trained in a situation where I've trained as hard as I did with Peter Fury. And that's a fact. So I know she's coming to fight. And not only is she going to be coming to fight, she's coming to go 50 rounds. That's just that's just how they train, you know. They don't take a backward step. There's a lot of science behind what they do. Peter's a brilliant mind in boxing too. A lot of people don't know, or don't give him credit for it. But there's a lot that he go, a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that he sees, a lot that he works on. And um, I'm a big, I'm, a, I'm 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 a, I'm a good friend, but I'm also a fan of what his work ethic and, and how he comes across to his fighters and the kind of respect that his fighters have for him. And you know you're gonna when you're going to camp with him, you know you're going to camp. You know what I'm saying? So I I heard Savannah talking a little bit about how they and You know she starts, you know starts the day feeling like okay it's pretty cool. Gets the gets as as the training is going on, she's hating Peter, but afterwards she respects how he. You know what I mean? She respects what he did because he's just that kind of guy. He kind of reminds me of how my dad was. You hated him during training, but afterwards you respected why he did it. You know what I mean? So a lot of respect for that side. The question I have for you, Joe, is when you say you don't think she can win a decision, is it because it's in the UK or is it just because you don't think that she can beat Savannah Marshall in that way?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think she's going to get the decision because it's in the UK. And I don't think she's going to get oh, okay. the decision because because I don't see her being the aggressor. And you know how it can be, especially right. over two-minute rounds. They go so fast, sometimes you're so forced quick, yeah. to give it to the aggressor if it's a close round. Facts. Facts.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. And you know what? I, I'm not saying that I don't think she can get it because I think she's a big enough star. Where people are going to give her the nod in certain ways, even if, especially if she deserves it. But to be honest with you, Joe, I've seen bad decisions in a lot of different places uh, for for various reasons. You know, Savannah Marshall is, you know, she's from the UK. Uh, I think she's from the north, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a little, you know, a little different and all. But but she's still from the UK. You know, Clarissa's from here. They both have big personalities, but you know how much of Clarissa talks and a lot of the stuff that she says. So. She's not necessarily gonna be completely endeared, <laughs> you know, over in the UK with some of her, you know, her opinions and the way she talks, especially with, you know, like these pressers and different things like that and what she's gonna do. Um so I don't know. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna I'm going gonna say you're wrong. You know, what I mean, I, I think actually you're on point with that. But it to me it depends on how the fight goes. And I honestly when I'm when I was watching Clarissa fight um, Ivana. You know, I like Ivana. She's a great, she's a great person and a good, a really, really, really good fighter. And I expected her from just from what I saw and you know, from my brothers, you know, telling me and a lot of things how good she was doing and some of the things that see she was doing in, in sparring with other good fighters. I'm like, damn, Clarissa got a hell of a night coming ahead of her, and she just really went out and actually dominated. And it was a surprise to me in a way, and it just made it just showed me she has a she has a different gear. You know what I mean? and that doesn't mean that she's guaranteed to win just because, you know, she did that against that particular woman. It doesn't mean that it's going to be guaranteed that she's going to win. But I seen, you know, when when you know, when when it comes down to it, she she turns it on. She, she she's 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 ready to fight under the big under the lights and and do it in a great way. So I'm expecting an interesting fight and I do agree though if it's close, probably going to go to Savannah, but um uh, I, I, if, if, and if it is closing, you can flip a coin. Honestly, honestly, I, you know who says that's a bad thing. You know what I mean? But um, well, I guess it's a bad thing if she doesn't deserve it. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. You know, it's an all-female card. Excellent, excellent, excellent uh, card that they got going. Um, look, especially to, to the two main event fights, the, go, the girls that I know of. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Um, it's exciting for the women. It's exciting in general I'm, I'm hoping so you know for the future that they do more of these types of things you know what i mean it's, it's it's excellent even put you know not just all women's card but you know even a mixed card it's 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 uh it's awesome i'm looking forward to it and hopefully uh you know we, we get a great night of fights
2: yeah hopefully we do and yeah like i was saying just to reiterate um i just think that Savannah being too big, too strong, um, obviously you made the comparison with Ivana and um, and Clarissa. I think Ivana, all respect to Ivana, Ivana, but, you know, she had quite a long career. Um, obviously, her world title days had been and gone. That's not to say she can't win another one in the future, but Clarissa was a lot fresher, you know, um, and bigger naturally as well in that fight, whereas Ivana was obviously the smaller girl. Here we're having we're we're seeing two fresh girls, and particularly uh, Savannah. Like I say, got got um, ten of her twelve opponents out of there, so she really hasn't done that many rounds as a pro. So she's extremely extremely fresh. Um, you know, I actually want to look at it now. She did four rounds. She went the distance on her um on her pro debut, did 4 rounds, then she went 2 rounds, 2 rounds, she did 10 in her 4th fight, then since then it's 2 rounds, 1 round, 5 rounds, 3 rounds, 7 rounds, 3 rounds, 2 rounds, 3 rounds, so she she gets most people out within within 4 rounds, I mean, that's, that's a hell of a statistic, and like I say, Femke Herman's last time out was a former opponent of Shields, she got her out in 3 rounds, she'd gone 10 with Shields. Uh, Hannah Rankin, she got out in seven rounds. She'd also done ten with Shields, uh, with Shields as well. And Sydney LeBlanc, who she made her debut against, went the distance with both of them. So I think they've got three um, common opponents, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, yeah, she's going to be the bigger, stronger one, I think, uh, Savannah. And um, I think she can bully Shields, and it will look good in the eyes of the judges, from what I can see, especially the UK judges, who seem to not uh, not really give the away fighter much credit or chance in recent times which is a sad situation but i do want to see one clear winner here and um, i just can't see clarissa doing it but we shall see we shall see she's the friend of the show savannah isn't um but anyway that brings the preview part to a close in part one we did the review part we welcomed our special guest the undefeated six foot tall super featherweight albert bell in part two There was no news. I don't know if there's going to be any news by the time I come in with the outro. And then, like I say, we just wrapped up part two there with the preview part. The final thing for me to do is to come in with the outro, which I'll do in just a few seconds. Okay, and this wraps up episode 360 of the Boxar Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. A special thank you to our special guest, the undefeated super featherweight world contender, Mr. Albert Bell. The biggest thanks of all, though, goes out to you, the listeners. That's about everything from myself. Enjoy your weekends, people. Stay safe, and we shall see you all
1: again next week.